Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big one. All right. All right. Slick, happy new year. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Just kind of hung out with some friends on the there couch, played some games. Oh. Watched some. You know what was on? It was the uh, old, there's the Rose Bowl between the, the Ducks and Ohio, or sorry, uh, the Ducks and Wisconsin, in which Russell Wilson played. So we got to sit down and watch that. Oh, okay. Watch Little Russ. That was fun. <laughs> That's how you ring in the new year. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, all right. Well, happy new year to everyone out there. Hope you had a safe and uh, healthy uh, holiday. Uh, we have a three-day work week this week, and then uh, next Monday <laughs> things get real. Yes. Yeah. But uh, we got a lot to discuss, and we will start in the National Football League. The Seahawks, uh, we knew a week ago, were a playoff team. Now we know for sure that they will start the playoffs Saturday night at Dallas against the Cowboys. Here's Pete Carroll. Probably no more than what's changed with us. You know, really, uh, we both started slowly. And uh, then somewhere in there, we kind of found a little bit of our stride. These guys put together seven out of eight, you know, to to finish off the season. Uh, We had a nice little run ourselves. So... They're not that much different. We're not that much different. But really, the the way we have formatted our team play, I think both sides, both teams have done done well uh, to this point. This is the conversation that we had uh, very early in the show today. Uh, to me, if this was Seattle facing the Chicago Bears, and you're a Seahawks fan, and you're in the bar with a Bear fan. Uh, by the way, you better strap it on because that's a pretty good drinking contest right there. Yeah, it is. Seattle guy against Chicago guy. Um, one of you is going to have a craft beer, and the other one's going to have an old style, though. Mm-hmm. A little different approach. Yep. But both can put it away. Put her down. Uh, so you're having that conversation, and you're going to tell Bear Fan, you know what? We're a completely different team than the last time we faced mm-hmm. you. So I wouldn't get overcome. We, went, we hadn't even established our running game. I mean, Carson, we weren't even giving Carson the ball. Bobby Wagner wasn't even healthy at that point. Jaron Reed hadn't become a star yet. I mean... We're a different team. Strap it in, Bear fan, you know? Well, let's now shift it. Let's go to a saloon. Okay. Or you're in there and you're trying to outdrink a, a whiskey-drinking cowboy fan, right? Woo! Good luck with that. Pew, pew. And you're sitting there bragging about, well, we already stomped your ass once this year. Cowboy fan's going to come at you with the exact same rhetoric. Yeah. Like, we're not the same team as we were back in week number three. Have you not been paying attention? We've added Amari Cooper. Dak Prescott's been unleashed. He's not being just reined in anymore. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's a pass-catching threat now. He caught 77 passes this year. We're a defense. We got two stars on defense that hadn't even been unleashed back in week number three. And Smith and Van Der Esch, we're a completely different squad than you faced the first time. Yep, you're right. That's exactly what they would say, and and rightfully so. It's it, that's actually curious when I listen to Pete Carroll, and he's like, you know what, we're not that much different of a team, and they're not that much different of a team. I'm like, is that just poker face? Is he is he saying that to double think the Cowboys? Like, hey, they think that we think they're not that much different, but actually we're going to game plan for how much different they are, and we're going to let them think that we're going to do the same thing when we're not. This suddenly turned into Princess Bride. Yeah, I switched the glasses. 
You didn't see me switch the glasses, but I switched the glasses. I think that's what Pete's doing. I think it is, without the lisp. I think he's doing that. You've given away everything. <laughs> Never get in a battle of wits with death is on the line with a Sicilian. Never. Oh, you love that movie. And don't enter a land war in Asia. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sounded a lot like that. Uh, yeah, I think that Seattle started to become the, 28, the 2018 Seahawks became the 2018 Seahawks at home against Dallas week number three of the season. The 2018 Cowboys became the 2018 Cowboys week number four mm-hmm. of the season. The game after they got stomped, they had a boot heel stomped up there. Their Prescott, yep. you know, on the uh, that week after the Seahawks had taught them a lesson. So I do believe that you are dealing with a different team. I still favor the Seahawks. It's still the matchup that I wanted, uh, but this isn't your older brother's Dallas Cowboys. I would say father, but it was too recently. Right? Yeah, this isn't your older brother's Dallas Cowboys. No, they're, they're a different squad. They've added uh, Cooper, which definitely gives them a little bit more of a threat in the passing game. They have a you know they have a almost fifteen hundred yard rusher in Elliott. So uh, it's going to be there's going to be some matchups there. I'm sure the Seahawks are over there not saying not resting on their laurels, thinking ah we beat these guys before it's no problem. They're going to have to go down there and play now, and it's uh it's going to be a test. It's going to be interesting. Uh, inconceivable. Greg Bell. Our Seahawks insider uh, gave us a little information on the health of your Seahawks one hour ago. Jared Sweezy is going to be a game-time decision, Pete Carroll keeps saying. He said that uh, Sweezy's had good reports on the sprained arch in his foot, but that it's going to probably go right up until kickoff on Saturday night, whether he can play or not. The plan will be Ethan Posick to play at left guard. Uh, They are saying publicly they like how Posick responded to his debacle in San Francisco and that he played well last week. And the more important factor in the offensive line, at least right now, is that they're going to get DJ Fluker back this week to play right guard. We have done a good job brushing over what we watched Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals because that's not, I know it was a win, but not exactly the kind of good feel you wanted going into the playoffs, which apparently is what Pete wanted to create. The two problem areas with punting, do we suddenly have a punting? We can't punt any, we can't get a punt off anymore? Is that an issue? And do we have enough time to fix this this week? Or is there something more serious at play here? And then the other thing is Russell Wilson, for the first time in a long time, was running for his life on Sunday. And so whatever offensive line you had prior to Sunday, get that back. Yeah. <laughs> Having Sweezy and Fluker is a whole a whole lot different. I mean, I, I I guess hearing him say that he they were happy with the way Postic played, I was I was hoping that Postic would have a, a breaking out party this year. When he was in there early in the year, he struggled, and then when he's filled in, he struggled. There was a couple stunts where when Russell was running for his life, it's because a guy ran right by Postic. So they, I think that they're really hoping that Sweezy is a game time de- decision can go. Yeah, he was like a bonfire breaking out. Yes, yeah. a big one. Yeah, yeah, an out of control one. Yeah. I also like Mike Davis blocking the pass rusher right into Russell. That was fun. That's always nice. That was a, that, that was that was some interesting strategy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, interesting strategy, uh, there was a lot of it employed on New Year's Day by the Washington Huskies at the Rose Bowl in an epic comeback attempt against the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
A lot of Husky fans waking up this morning saying, why did it need to be an epic comeback attempt? Why did we fall so far behind uh, in a game that the Huskies end up losing 28-23? Dobbins, and Haskins going to pitch it, and there is touchdown pass number 50. Barry out of the backfield, Buckeyes in command. I wasn't overly impressed with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, in that game. I wasn't overly impressed with Ohio State. I even think Urban Meyer I I think the Buckeyes put their feet up on the desk way too early uh, in this game. I mean, their clock management at the tail end of this from the late third quarter through midway in the fourth was just horrendous. Um, That being said, there's not a Husky fan that isn't questioning some things, even about Chris Peterson uh, this morning. The way that he handled the end of halftime Oh boy! Or the end of the first half, I should say, going into halftime. Train wreck. Yeah, I mean, you can't be that bad about clock management when you're still only down fourteen to three at that point in the game. They get the ball at the eight-yard line. Jake Browning had shown no ability to move the football against Ohio State. I'm going to go ahead and take fourteen to three as a deficit into halftime, and I'm going to run out the clock. I'm certainly not going to give them the ball back. Not only did they give them the ball back, they gave them the ball back 13 seconds later without Ohio State having spent a timeout. Yeah, well, in and it high, burned them. Yeah, it did burn them. They came back and 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 punched in a touchdown to make it 21 to three. So I mean, yeah, it burned them. There was that third down pass, which then Coach Pete kind of had a temper tantrum on the sideline, and understandably so. It was a little slant. The guy was open and he missed it. That's if if they complete that and get a first down now the clock's running and your chances are if even if they have to punt Ohio State's going to end up just kneeling on the ball and going into halftime with a 14 to 3 lead he misses that pass that's what opened it up in my opinion so I can't fully throw that on him no, I think that's I'm just Browning throwing it on well I think if Browning completes that pass we're not even talking about it they might go down and score probably not because okay, they hadn't the moved the ball the problem wasn't at third down the problem was first down when you decided to throw in the first place well mm-hmm. you can get the clock running slick said that earlier today you can get the clock running that's probably a better but if he completes that pass we're not even talking about it right now yeah he just missed it Cougs win on friday night it seems like a lifetime ago hey, uh, they finished the season 11 to t- 11 and 2 after a win over iowa state in the alamo bowl here's coach leach the thing is it's forever at least in probably till next year uh, for the time being you can you can you can be very proud of the distinction that at the time that you played here you were on the winningest team in the history yeah a lot of proud Cougs on Friday night. Adam Lowy among them. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, a lot of proud Cougs. That's a good. That's a good story, man. Considering what Great they went story. through last year, and then Gardner Minshew coming in, and and you know really putting these guys kind of not on his back necessarily, but really kind of it was a great story to watch. I mean, if you weren't somewhat cheering for the Cougs, then you're either just a Husky fan or you're you're weird. <laughs> I mean, it was a good story. Uh, Minshew. I mean, I'm telling you, he is. Uh, a hangover sequel in the making. Yeah, that's just uh, that's just what he is. Uh, yeah, you're right. He had a he had a magical effect uh, on that team and a terrific season for the Cougs, who finish it at 11 and two on the year. There's one game left in the college football season. That's the national championship game. It'll be played Monday, and once again, it's Clemson and Alabama. At some point over the course of the next two and a half shows. Uh, we will discuss whether or not college football is broken 
since you end up with the same two teams in your national championship every year for the last 50 years. That's weird. You'd Did think... I exaggerate that? No. Maybe a little? Mm, no, a little bit. So. No. The uh, Mariners were busy over the uh, holiday. Hey, it's the Japanese New Year. Yusei Kikuchi is now a Mariner. Oh, he doesn't have that. No. I thought he had that. I'm sorry. I don't speak Japanese. See, he Very didn't good. go with the Farley one. I wanted him to go with the Farley one, but he doesn't like Farley. That's weird. Uh, we will talk about this uh, today at 845, but you say Kikuchi, uh, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So it looks like it. Forgive me. Uh, but a left-hander, 27 years old, when I did my blogs for the seven moves, uncomfortable moves, said if there was a free agent that you'd sign, this might be the guy, uh, him or Marwin Gonzalez, because they'll still be young enough to contribute when you're ready to contend. And right. so it was a three-year deal with a four-year club option. Never seen a contract like that in my entire life. But we'll talk more about that a little bit later on uh, in the show. Coming up next on our program, uh, we are going to talk with Jason Locke on Fora. Get his thoughts on the Seahawks' chances as they start the playoffs and much, much more, including a very busy Black Monday. Sports Radio 950 KJR. So long ago I don't remember when That's when they said I lost my only friend Are you trying to tell uh, Jason Locke on Fora, well-known music snob, that <laughs> Jacob Dylan is the most talented musician in his family? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do? Yes, he's the most talented yeah. Dylan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. That's why the Wildflowers were so successful. Uh, did you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of those one album hit. they yeah, made. One, one hit light. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Happy New Year, Jason Lockham for us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. You want to weigh in on the great Dylan debate? Oh, there's no debate there, buddy. You know that. <laughs> All right. You can't even feign yeah, a debate there. You're right. I, I will not fall into your trap. Yeah, you're right. So you agree, Jacob, all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, we've got a lot sure. to catch up on. I mean, there's a lot that has happened since uh, last we spoke. But uh... Yeah, quarter of the league fired the coaches. And... <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I don't even know where to begin. I guess I should stay home and talk about our Seahawks to get things going. Um, Sure. What what do you feel about their chances of not just winning on Saturday, but does this feel to you like somebody that can make a deep run in the playoffs? Yeah, I've been saying that to you guys for weeks. Absolutely. Um, I I don't think this was anything like a uh, stumble through the finish line and, you know, oh, we're just so glad we got into the dance. I don't think it's like that at all. Um, They are a great organization. They have uh, institutional knowledge about what it takes to win in January and February. You've got, I mean, put their coaching, you know, put their GM coach quarterback paradigm up against anybody in the league. Right, I mean, you could you could put it up there with anybody who's still playing football. Um, obviously, you know, Belichick is that sort of its own thing. But I mean, the, next to that, you tell me who they would have to take a you know a back seat to in terms of of those uh, triumvirates. Mm-hmm. And then you look at how they played the last really, I mean, three months, right? And 
the way they've discovered balance and the adherence to the run game and the fact that they've, you know, we talked about this a little bit the last couple of weeks, the fact that they haven't had to do everything they have to do with Russell yet, you know what I mean, in a do-or-die situation. The fact that everybody, it, you know, in that game this weekend knows that, like, if he wants to, Russell Wilson could be the the Seahawks' best running threat as well. And that running game's come a long way, but there's not many people on the planet who can do what he does. And when it's do or die and, and you're emptying out the playbook and, you know what I mean, there's, there's no reason to hold back, that coupled with what, you know, the other three guys in the run game can do when they're healthy and what the offensive line has become and with a defense that um, – is certainly good enough to win with a with, with complimentary football and a ball control offense. I think they're a tough out. I think they're a tough out. I mean, do I would I pick them to win at New Orleans? Probably not. But I don't know that I'd pick anybody to win at New Orleans. Short of that, I I you know I fancy their chances against anybody. Now I'm not conceding that they could not beat New Orleans, but I'm just saying honestly, if you make me play through the playoffs and pick a bracket. I might not pick them to win that game, but I would probably pick them to win most others. Well, we stomped a mud hole in the Dallas Cowboys way back in uh, week number three. How much different are they now uh, than they were then? I, you know, that's a great front seven most of the time, and it's the strength of that team. But you've seen physical teams bully them and them not give it back. You saw Tennessee do it to them. Um, you saw Indianapolis do it to them. Uh, there is a path there if you stick with it and if you keep hammering away at them and if you don't allow, you know, Lawrence and Gregory and these guys to attack your quarterback, you know, 40 times a game, 45 times a game, whatever, I think you can grind it out against them. And um, they have a big playability now that we saw with Amari Cooper in the final month of the season that, that certainly changes the tenor of their offense to a certain degree. But I just still, maybe I'm just going to be the last skeptic ever. I, I just don't know that that guy wins playoff games for them. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I think you can beat them at their own game on the ground, and I think your quarterback will make many more plays than their quarterback will. And I think when their quarterback tries to make plays and feels the moment a little too much, it, it, leads, to, it leads to turnovers. Jason, I like. It sounds very optimistic for the Seahawks going into this game. If there's anything that uh, pops out in your head that is like a worry, one thing that they can't do going into this game, what well, would you, you, what you, would you, 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 you can't have Russell with his back to the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Running 25 yards the wrong way because Lawrence and Gregory, um, you know, and Irving, and we'll see about Tyrone Crawford. You know, he's out of the hospital. I don't know about his status to play this week. But they have guys in the, you know, Van Der Esch, they, they have guys who can get after you um, and who are very athletic and who can make life miserable for your quarterback. And, and I think it's going to take some discipline with them. Um, and from Russell himself, not to extend plays in certain positions, in certain situations, and to just chuck the ball into the stands and live the fight another day, which again he does, as you know, very very well. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's much to knock in Russell's decision making. And to me, he's a top three to five quarterback on the planet, and I've felt that for a long time. Um, so- lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But, I mean, yeah, look, you lose the turnover battle. You you have a couple moments where you let their defense get the best of you. Um, You give up those bombs. You know, you let Amari Cooper latch on to two, you know, 50-yard plays. Then, you you know, on the road, you're probably going to lose that game. But um, I like the Seahawks' chances. Jason Lock and Forrest, our guest, our NFL insider, joins us every Wednesday to talk all things uh, NFL. And uh, look, let me let me tie one story into another direction that we want to go. I want to go Seahawks into Black Monday, and I want to transition by asking: Is Brian Schottenheimer somebody that uh, one of these thirty-three teams that fired their coach on Monday might be interested in? I have not heard that. Okay, no, that would that would surprise me. Okay. Why is that? I mean, he's been rumored. Well, I think he's, he's had rumored. chances in the past. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of been an it guy, like with with the Jets uh, at one point in time, working with the with the young, you know, Mark Sanchez, and you know, he's a guy who was in the college game for a while and has kind of just jumped back over. Um, a year from now, I mean, maybe. Uh, I just don't think the stars are aligned for him this year. The only reason I bring it up is because he has been so close in the past, and he's actually coming off a good year this year. No, he's he's done a great job with that offense. They, Unlike they, the they reinvented themselves on the fly. There's yeah. there's no doubt about it, yeah. and it served them incredibly well. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of kudos to go around on that staff. What they've done with the offensive line, um, the the overall philosophy there. I, I just uh, I I don't think it's going to happen this year. Did any of the coaching firing surprise you more than Mike Mayock being named general manager of the? Rams? No. No, none of the coaching firings have actually surprised me yet. Um, if another shoe drops somewhere, that would be a surprise. The Mayock thing, yeah, um, it did. It, it certainly surprised me. And it, look, he's known Mike for a long time since they were both in the Philadelphia area together back when Gruden was a very young assistant on Andy Reid's staff. And um, this looks like one that they had probably had signed, sealed, and delivered a while back and just kind of waited to – get through a couple other interviews to go ahead and announce it. I mean, they didn't wait to see if any other GMs got fired. Now, none did, but, on you know, over the weekend when this was, you know, basically got out of the bag, they didn't know what was going to happen on Black Monday, and there was a sense that some GMs would be let go, some experienced GMs who would make sense for Gruden, but none of those guys were, and John didn't wait around long enough to find out anyway. He had, you know, he'd cast his lot with, with Mike. It'll be very interesting. I mean, the Raiders are going to be 
must-see off-season TV, like at the Combine. You're like, who else are they trading? You know what I mean? Kalechi Osemele, like, who, who else are they willing to cast off? And then they have all this draft collateral, and now you've got Gruden, who's been out of it for 10 years, you know, just back this year off of TV, and you've got Mayock, who's never done it before, and they're going to really hold all the cards to the next couple of drafts, and, and, and even, you know, the next the trade market as well. It'll be fascinating. Whether it works or not, uh, I, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows, but they are going – all roads are going to go through Oakland these next couple off-seasons. Uh, do you have any dance partners uh, aligned for these coaching hirings? I had thoughts on what I would do if I were, were involved in them. I actually just filed a column uh, less than an hour ago on that very topic. Okay. I mean, I have a few hunches, but – you know, often it doesn't work out the way the teams themselves wanted to. You know, uh, guys don't become available. They ask for permission, um, or, or they try to woo a college guy, and he says no thanks. Um, you aim for a big fish, and yeah, I'll take it, but you got to give me the entire building. Oh well, the owner's not ready to do that right now. You know, so they they don't always fall into place. But um, I have certainly thoughts on who I think makes sense for certain teams. Sure. Who makes sense? Give me one. Give me one pairing that to you makes perfect sense. I think Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I wrote a column on it a few days after Mike McCarthy was fired. And at that point, I didn't even realize that Mark Murphy, the de facto owner of the Packers, was actually the guy who hired uh, Fitzgerald at Northwestern all those years ago when he pretty much went from, you know, a, a decorated player to a coaching assistant to, bam, you know, the, the head coach. Um, I just think he fits their culture. I think they've had their eye on him for a long time. The Browns have tried to hire him in the past. The Bears have tried to hire him in the past. And maybe he never leaves Northwestern. But, man, you got, you know, I don't know, three, four more years of Aaron Rodgers' prime. It's the, the you know, the most decorated franchise, maybe in American professional sports with Lombardi and all that lineage. And is it ever – I know he's got a good recruiting class coming in whatever, but, I mean, how many, how many times is he going to be in the Big Ten, you know, championship game and how many how many you know times is he going to be playing uh on new year's eve or new year's day bowls i i don't know he's done a tremendous job there i just wonder if at some point you know there's a new challenge and i i just i think that one makes a lot of sense if you can convince him to do it jason lock and for our nfl insider with us brought to you by the emerald queen casino all right so i've got the solution to the antonio brown uh squabble okay you ready for this I'm ready. Brown for Odell Beckham Jr. straight up. Uh, the problem train Brown is it's a $21 million cap hit, and the Steelers are never really in a position where they have that kind of room to finagle. And I don't think Odell, if they do part ways with Antonio Brown, I think it would be for young, cheap labor. Um, although, hey, Odell at 26 is, is still pretty young. Yeah. AB is going to be in it, what, going to his age 31 season. Um, it would be interesting. It would certainly be a blockbuster. Those two franchises being as sort of old school and sort of state as they tend to be, that would be an absolute shocker. I think at the end of the day, um, they get, you know, Roethlisberger in a room and Tomlin in a room and talk this thing out as best they can. And I think Mike Tomlin has shown that he's no longer going to be as laissez-faire with the discipline. I mean, they the third time Brown went AWOL on the team this year, and, and it took the third time for them to sit him from a game. 
Um, so, you know, we'll and, see. I, I, been, I don't anticipate any immediate trades, I'll put it that way. And it's been years. I mean, I, I realize that it's the National Football League and talent comes first, but, man, I, I would be at the end of my rope with Antonio Brown. I, I think that in this particular case, I think they got to move him, get rid of him. We'll see. I mean, they could. They have to give Ben a new deal anyway. Maybe they could structure that in a way that it creates a lot of cap relief. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, they saved $15 million right there this year by not paying him. Um, the sense I get from that building is that they don't think the Rooney family would go for that right now, but it's a long offseason. We'll have to see. Tomlin talks at the top of the hour, so we may get some clues from that. All right, I'm going to play the game that we played with Peter King uh, last week, and he didn't understand okay. it at first. I'm hoping you're a little more uh, you're quick on the uptick. Uh, all right, so okay, I'm going to give. I'm, we're going to go to the playoff roulette table, and I'm going to give you okay. five dollars. You can put it all on one team, or you can spread it out across the board. Where are you going to play your five dollars in trying to pick the Super? But Bowl I'm doing champion? this to try to make the most money, right? I mean, I'm like. Am I? Are we? Are we factoring? I know there's not odds in roulette. It's just you're you're picking 32 numbers or colors or whatever, or odd or even. Yeah. But like, are we trying to do this where I get rewarded if it's? You're just trying to more of a home run. No, you're just trying to nail the Super Bowl champion. And where does your so most... from a field of 12, you're letting me put a dollar on five different teams? Or you can put all five on one team. Who knows? Well, if the pay if, if the payoff's going to be the same, wouldn't I just put a dollar on five teams and? What does it pay me? Thirty-two to one. There's thirty-two numbers. I would just put. I mean, you're, that's I basically kind of, kind of an easy question. It's like, Who do I think the five teams yeah. are the best chance? Are? I'd yeah. put a dollar on New Orleans. The NFC. I'll put a dollar on New Orleans. I'll put a dollar on Seattle. Um, and I guess I'd put a dollar. No, maybe I only put it there on that one. And the AFC, I'd, I'd put a dollar on New. How do you not put a dollar on New England? Um, they're New England. Um, I guess I'd put a dollar on Kansas City and a dollar on whoever I think wins Baltimore and the Chargers, which right now I think Baltimore, but that could change by tomorrow. So, yeah, I'll say Baltimore and then those other four. All right. All right, yeah. man. Hey, uh, was that faster than Peter King, or was that just as convoluted? Uh, no, you made it more complicated, actually, than he did. So, actually, Peter was a lot easier to work he with. He beat me. Yeah. There you, uh, well, yeah. you know what? I've been hearing that for a long time, so that that's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. you just got to be difficult. All right, that's man. Uh, appreciate it, and enjoy you got it. It, this week's playoffs, and we'll talk to you You guys do the same. Week. All right, Jason. Sounds Lockett good. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, our NFL insider joining us here on the program. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Does that sound so hard? Uh, no, no. Does that sound, sound difficult? That. Well, he was asking He was asking the questions about return, which... Well, forget the odds. If you put $3, let's say you have the number, like it, who's the favorite to win it all? The Saints. Sure. If you're that confident, then you put $3 on the Saints, mm-hmm. and you get three times yeah. the money back in yeah. return for that. Well, I don't think he knows so, how to play roulette, basically. Odds There's... don't really matter. It's like on a roulette table, 32 is not more valuable than 6. Well, the odds... But the more you put on 32, and if 32 comes up, then you get three times the money that you put down. But if I can, if I could spread it out to where, okay, I do three there, and then I'll that's put fine. a dollar on a three to one long shot or whatever, then there that's is no long shot in Not roulette. roulette. Well, that, that's what he was asking. Even. That, like, that's what he was asking. Yeah, it's not that hard. Roulette's not that Thank hard. Thank you.
So Slickhawk, Peter, and Lockafora are the issues here. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it. I, said, I was too, just explaining way. to you where he was coming from. I didn't say I don't know how to play roulette. Okay. Well, no. who doesn't know how to play roulette? People who don't play roulette. I mean, okay. What are you, nine? Lockafora? I've seen it. I've never. Want, no, I'm sorry. I did it once. I did once. Wanna, maybe you want to make it to Vegas at some point <laughs> in your adult life. <laughs> I played roulette once. I bet it all on black because that's my philosophy. I always bet on black. Yeah. And I won. It's kind of a fun game. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to try to play it with another insider again. You got $5 to play with. Do you put it all on one team? Do you want to spread it across the board? Try to figure out. But aren't to there win odds? off of the Super Bowl. Aren't champion. there odds? Like if I'm. No. No. No so, odds. So you can I'd... put it in between four numbers well, and you play the odds of the four numbers. So if I have $10 four. and I put it on the number four. That's going to pay the exact same as if I have my $10 and You'll put get it on, 36 on red? to yeah. 1. Well, no, so well, that's different. That's, no, that's, that's different. That's only 50-50. That's, yeah, you get that's paid even money. So it's numbers. different odds. Oh, my God. No. You are more difficult than Jason Lockin for us. So here, getting are worse. The, here are the a-holes. Number one, Slickhawk. <laughs> number two, Lock and Fora. And number three, Peter King. I will wear that like a badge of the honor. The list of a-holes continues to grow. <laughs> and Slickhawk's distancing himself from the rest of the group. All right, coming up next on our program, uh, can we squeeze a little baseball? There was an interesting story that broke over uh, the New Year's holiday. Uh, so we will uh, tell you how it affects the M's going forward. Christmas if he didn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he was sitting there at home sad, like depressed, sitting on the couch with his nog, his kids unwrapping their gifts, the smell of turkey and stuffing wafting through the air, and he's just depressed because no other GM will pick up their phone on Christmas and talk trade with him. Just keeps hitting redial. Yeah. 12 different GMs. <laughs> Come on, man. Kid's like, what, Dad? And that's not you. Just get back to your presents. Let me see what Sabian's doing. <laughs> yeah. Voicemail? Really? Christmas. You don't even believe in God. Why aren't you returning my calls? She's looking around. There's nobody to stand with under the missile trade. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because uh, he's made a trade from his deathbed. <laughs> And he also True. signed a free agent on New Year's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to mention how he likes to always trade on Thanksgiving weekend, it seems like. Yes, yes. Yeah. I remember going down for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. in Oregon, and he pulled off the Taiwan <laughs> Walker trade on that on that drive down there. No better way to commemorate a holiday than with a trade. Yeah. So, yeah, it was New Year's Eve that uh -huh. he signed Kikuchi. <laughs> <laughs> the man, he's a madman. Uh, anyway, the Mariners did sign a free agent. So even though we're rebuilding and trying a quick rebuild, the shorter version of the rebuild and not the tear it down to the uh, uh, nuts and bolts, mm -hmm. they will go out and they spend money. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Three years, $43 million contract on, you say, Kikuchi. And if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, it's just because I haven't been exposed to it all that much. I've only read about this guy as opposed to met him and his family. Right. Um, so three years, 43. Now, the strange part about it is that there it, it's a seven-year deal. There's a four-year contract extension option. So yep. they have an opportunity at the end of three years to pick up the option. It's a team option. 
and then pay him four years going forward for a grand total of seven years, $109 million. Now, when I first started hearing about this guy, I was hearing like seven years, $43 million, period. Obviously, the Mariners were like, no, no, no. This guy's the real deal, and we're going to get him. So there you go. Yeah, well, I think that there was a lot of people that were probably interested in getting this guy, and they didn't want to. They didn't want to let this slip through the cracks. They, they obviously have a little bit of a inside track. It didn't work last year with uh, Shohei Otani, but but uh, with the uh, players coming over from Japan, they definitely like having some guys like that. And this guy's a he's a mid nineties fastball guy from the left side with a pretty dirty slider. He's he battled a little bit of shoulder issues, I guess, from what I read early in his career when he was young, you know, 1920. But uh, he's been healthy and throwing, you know, 150-plus innings the last few years. And so, I mean, I think it's a really good ad that they're figuring, you know, we got to spend some money, but we think this guy is going to be here and can be a part of that going forward in two, three years when they're really doing something right. and beyond. Uh, the thing about Otani, Otani was like deliberately trying to avoid things that previous Japanese players had done that came over to play in the major leagues. He was like, I don't want to go to a place where there's already an established player, and it's right. not important for me. I, I know he ended up on the West Coast, but I'm not even so sure that was entirely important to him. Um, but most of them do. They, it's closer to home, and uh, and so you play all you play off of that a little bit. And he had made it pretty clear, like, I want the right fit. I mm-hmm. want to be in the right city for me, and it's not about winning. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how I'm kind of choosing my team, and so that's that's where he ends up signing. Now the question is, why are you paying somebody over the course of the next two years twelve million dollars per season when you're rebuilding? That's that's the big question here. Why wouldn't you wait until you're ready in 2021 to spend big time free agent money? Well, I think that they can bring them over and. Let him get accustomed. There's nothing saying that he's going to come over here and, and that the the adjustment from just plain and simple living in a foreign country uh, to him couldn't uh, take a, a year or so to kind of become adjusted. Uh, hopefully it doesn't do anything on the baseball field, but I think it's – I think he, he was enough of a prospect in their mind as far as this is a piece that could really help us in two, three years when we are going to want to be contenders that they're like, we don't want to let this slip through the crack and, you know – by getting him, you also keep him from going to one of the other contenders. We don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of these other contenders are like, we, this guy's our missing piece. Well, I, I'm not surprised that they went out and they added in free agency. I thought that they might. Um, and he was one of the two names that I'd put on my blog that I wrote, the seven-part series on mm-hmm. sportsradiokjr.com, him or Marwin Gonzalez, because they were young enough that they would still be ready to contribute, and maybe even more so uh, when the – Mariners were again ready to contend, or at least theoretically. Um, so this is somebody that I, I thought that they might target. They have targeted him. How they use him going forward is a mystery, um, because I'm not entirely convinced we know what their plan is for how to use starters going forward. It could be, you know, what Tampa did a year ago. Kikuchi could become a, somebody that comes in in the second or third inning and then pitches long relief. You know. Uh, I think they could do a full scale what Tampa did last year. Hmm. I think that they're. I think that remains to be seen. But they've added a piece, a young piece, a talented piece that uh, will help them sell tickets during this downtime over the course of the next couple of years. 
just from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. and then should be ready to contribute to a contender whenever the Mariners are through with this arduous rebuilding process and hopefully winning again uh, two and a half years from now. All right, coming up next on our show, uh, we conclude the uh, bowl season uh, with a Huskies loss in the Rose Bowl. What went wrong, we discuss. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.